Hello and welcome to the ETOP21 Sports Podcast for October 21st. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric and I'm the man behind ETOP21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOP21, on Instagram at ETOP21Sports underscore for a free horse racing picks at ETOP21Sports underscore horse underscore racing. Just waiting for Golden Gate. Golden Gate's my track. Just waiting for Golden Gate to start rolling. Start posting some picks there. And for free fantasy football advice at ETOF21Sports underscore fantasy. Also, you can find me at the ETOF21Sports show every Tuesday night. That has been going great. I appreciate everyone joining. As always, the chat room is open. You know, I will be post answering all your questions, trying to help you guys make some money. Um, got some great guests lined up. So please, please, please make sure to check that out. Yeah, great week of sports. You know, we got UFC. Bully the Lion's going to come on, a.k.a. Jason. We're going to be breaking down, telling you what bets to lock in for that. XFL Jim, he's on a freaking tear in CFL, 7-1 last, last two weeks. He's going to be coming on, telling you the picks to lock in. My boy David and I are going to be telling you the NFL picks to come, to lock in. And also, don't forget, Brandon has won four NASCAR bets in a row. He's going to be coming on. He's going to be telling you the NASCAR bets to lock in. Also, we have some huge news. You know, CMC was dra- was traded. I'll touch on that real quick. And we have that Thursday night football review. So let's jump right into Thursday night football. I mean, Saints in control of the game. Drive down, red zone pick by Andy Dalton and two pick sixes. I mean, it is what it is. You know, Saints are just finding ways to lose games. They're two and five. They're probably going to be out of the playoffs. This team, this season was just brutal. You know, you can't win with Andy Dalton, and Winston has a a serious back injury. So this is basically just going to be a wasted season for them. It's going to be interesting to see in the draft with there there being so much quarterback talent what they're going to do because they're going to have a higher draft pick. Uh, I like what I saw from Jawan Johnson. You know, five receptions, 32 yards. We were on his over prop for those receiving yards, which hit. What the Cardinals did, it was an utter freaking embarrassment. You're telling, listen to this. DeAndre Hopkins, 14 targets. Eno Benjamin, five. Zach Ertz, four. Rondo Moore, two. Ingram, two. Doach, one. Robbie Anderson, one. Why the hell are you force feeding the ball to DeAndre Hopkins? Rondell Moore had a 34 yard gain, the first play of the game. And you only give him one more target. It's like Cliff and Kyle don't even think. Obviously, D-Hop is just going to get peppered, peppered with targets because I'll say it. Murray sucks. Murray is a god-awful quarterback. He can't stay in the field. He locks into one guy and he throws it to him. Cardinals gifted 14 points on pick six and a red zone turnover. Saints should have won this game. Cardinals have some injuries up front. I don't trust Murray. So, yeah, this is just, just, it was a higher scoring game, but there was some bad stuff on both ends. Saints play, played awful. Too many terminals from Dalton. And let's be honest, what are you doing? One more target after a 31-yard play, the first play of the game? What are you doing? Um, Both teams have issues on def- defensively. Saints can't tackle. They lost the game two weeks ago because they couldn't tackle um, – What's-his-face, Jamar Chase, who broke off a big one. Numerous times, too many arm tackles they can't wrap up. This Saints team is a little bit, I'm a little bit down on now. I had 
I had high expectations. I thought they were going to make the playoffs. After what I've seen from them, just blowing games they should win. This is like their third game they lost they should have won. They're officially done. I'll be taking a little break from betting them. Uh, Cardinals moving forward kind of depends. Anytime Clinsbury is laying, laying points, I'll continue to fade him because I don't think he's that good of a coach. Same thing. I don't like Murray as a quarterback. But those are just a couple things that could have stood out. Obviously, you know, I always rewatch the games. I'll get on the treadmill and rewatch this game later tonight. But my first instinct is both these teams are going nowhere. I want nothing to do with them in terms of future-wise. Hopkins, you know, look, if he's underpriced in DFS, you have to play him just because Kyle Murray is just peppering with targets because he's such a bad quarterback and doesn't understand how to tr- how to scan the field. The next thing I need to touch on is CMC to the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, the big news is Christian McCaffrey being traded to the San Francisco 49ers. What does that mean? To me, I still have the same opinion of the 49ers. This hasn't changed my mind at all. He's not going to be playing in the trenches, and that's the 49ers' biggest issue. The trenches offensive line is nowhere near where it used to be. We don't know what's going on with Trent Williams. And their defensive line, they had no defensive line starters. And their defensive backfield is beat up. Chris McCaffrey doesn't play any one of those positions. I don't think this is a needle mover move for me. And I don't really think anyone who knows anything about the game of football was sitting back yesterday morning and saying, wow, if the San Francisco 49ers added Christian McCaffrey, I think they can win a Super Bowl. And if that person was saying that, I'm going to go on the record and say, you know what? Eh, that person probably doesn't know that much about football. I don't really think this... I don't think this moves the needle that much for the 49ers. I don't think they're going to get past Philadelphia. I could see them. I'm not even high on that team as is with the injuries they have to Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw, Trent Williams. I don't know. I'm not a big Kyle Shanahan guy either. I really don't understand why they're not trying to add an offensive lineman or, or a defensive lineman or someone in the back four. This really wasn't a position in a need in my eyes. And I think football fans get too caught up in having all these offensive weapons when in reality this doesn't do too much for a team i'm not that high on this move i don't think it was a great move overall and i could see the 49ers staying where i have them right now so yeah that's my thought of the christian mccaffrey move now let's jump in to the podcast so we have a big fight weekend this week the ufc is off in dubai and who better to come on to break down the fights than my boy Bully the line. How are you doing today, my man? Good. And yourself, hope you had a good week, Eric. You know what? Good week. You know, I mean, we got NBA, we got NHL, we got MLB playoffs, college football. It's like everything is going on. Now you throw in this UFC card. I mean, it's, it is a phenomenal weekend of sports. I'm really interested to hear like who you're going to be invested in, who you're going to be backing in this fight card. It, it's shaping up to be a pretty good fight card, I think. Oh, yeah, this is definitely a fight card of the year. Man, you got the fight starting off, you know, 10 a.m. Eastern time, going all the way up into, you know, mid-afternoon. You know, about I think the main event starts about 545 uh, Eastern time. So, got all the fights going on. You got college football going on, man. So, big. I uh, got MLB. So, you got uh, big Saturday uh, tomorrow. So, definitely looking forward to it. It's definitely a fight of the year, though. So, in terms of betting, let's, let's start it off. Um, what is the – first bet you are looking to lock in my man yeah man i'm, I'm jumping right into the main card uh, i had a uh bet on uh lucas amadilla uh on the undercard but that fight was scratched due to uh 
weight uh, weight management. So that that fights off. So I actually have no uh, no bets on the undercard. So I'm gonna jump right into the main card, man. And I'm going with uh, Kate uh, Chukagagan. Uh, plus one seventy four, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with her because uh, I'm starting and I'm trying to look at value, on, you know, on these bets. She has a height and uh, reach advantage over her, you know, over her opponent and man in Fair Rock. Maybe that's what her name is. And um, she's also also she's also fought better better competition and uh, just a more experienced fighter than I think her opponent is. So. Uh, with that, with that said, I think there's a little bit of value there on that plus 174. I'm going to take a shot with it. You know, I like the height and the reach advantage, you know, of uh, Caitlin in this fight. I think, uh, you know, she's two inches taller. She's got a three, a three inch uh, reach advantage on her, you know, on the opponent. So I'm going to roll with, uh, Caitlin in this one, man. Plus 174 is my first bet. All right. My, I have seen, uh, I have a bet in the same fight, but I am taking, Fear Rock. I think I think I said that right. If I didn't, I apologize. <laughs> um, I'm taking her to win by knockout at plus four thirty. Um, my thought process is this: I think when she starts to land those power punches, Choke again will look to get to the ground. I don't think she'll be able to. I think she's going to use her leg kicks to kind of. Um, neutralize the the reach advantage and the height advantage and i think she's going to be able to get her to the ground like i said she's got six ko victories at a, at a price at plus 430 that's just too juicy to um to pass up yeah definitely you know good odds on that you know in, in these ufc fights especially these women fights you really just never know there's always a good shot you know either way uh another one of the fights i do like in one of my parlays later on i do like this fight to go the distance uh, these two fighters just really don't knock each other out, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, like, Caitlin has zero uh, wins by knockout, and I believe uh, Minion has two. So they're really kind of that, you know, go to the ground sort of deal. So they're really knocking anybody out. I really also do like this fight to go the distance, too, I think. But it's, it's heavily juiced, so I'm going to throw that in a parlay. Sounds good. I like that. Uh, next fight, where are you going to, my man? Man, I'm going to the uh, Peter Yan and Sean O'Malley fight. Man, this one's going to be uh, kicking off about 4:15 Eastern time. Uh, you know, one another fight on the main card, and I like Sean O'Malley by decision at plus 400. I'm gonna throw a stab at that. Um, once again, uh, Sean O'Malley, he's got the height and the reach advantage uh, over Yan, and uh, they're both good strikers, and uh, they both have good, uh, you know, I'd say leg kicks too as well. So. This one's going to be, you know, one of those fights that uh, usually won't be kind of going to the ground there. Um, and usually Jan starts out pretty slow on a number of his fights uh, as well. Um, so I'm going to look – I'm just going to hope that, you know, maybe Peter uh, you know, Peter O'Malley can take advantage of maybe a slow start once again by Jan and, uh, you know, maybe get into the judge's eye at, towards the end of the fight. Maybe it goes to a decision. Obviously, I hope it goes to a decision and uh, – Maybe you never know. You never know with these judges. You never know where they may go. And uh, I'm gonna take a stab at O'Malley at plus four hundred. Um, yeah, I think this fight is either gonna go one of two ways. And um, one one way I have O'Malley, like you just broke down. My other way is I think that um, O'Malley's weakness is the leg kick. I think Yan is gonna expose that. He's a powerful striker. He's, he's never been outstruck in a fight. I expect him to use his experience to attack these leg kicks, open up O'Malley, get him, 
and and knock him out. I think at pl- knockout 340, I think that's just too good of a price. I think he's going to get the fight against the front fence. You uses Muay Thai. I just I I just think that he's going to use an experience and his power to uh, to take advantage of O'Malley. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely, you know, good angle to look at. Um, one thing that I know about, you know, O'Malley is that he's, he's not a pushover, man. He he takes his fight deep. He goes deep into fights, and uh, I think he can do that with, uh, you know, Jan here. So, man, um, I'm, I'm looking at a decision, but uh, I, I would be surprised if O'Malley got knocked out, honestly. Um, Next fight, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm going to the co-main event here. Uh, I got uh, TJ Dillashaw. Uh, plus 140 against uh, Sterling. This is a, you know, this is another one of those, uh, you know, lightweight fights um, as well. Uh, it is lightweight, correct? I think it's a lightweight. Okay, looking at the wrong thing here. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, TJ Dillashaw's got very good defense, so uh, he's going to want to keep this fight on his feet. Um, and, um, you know, and Dillashaw's got really good striking, so um, if he can block a lot of any sort of, you know, in wrestling moves that uh, Sterling has, because he is not a knockout guy, he's going to want to do, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, submitting. He's going to, he's obviously going to try to, you know, submit uh, TJ Dillashaw. If he can block those, you know, just keep it, you know, keep that uh, fight on his feet, because obviously uh, Dillashaw can knock people out. He's already got seven uh, TKOs in his UFC career. Uh, so if he can keep this fight on the ground, I mean, keep this fight, you know, on his feet, you know, you know, to block any sort of counter moves by Sterling. I'll take uh, TJ Dillashaw plus 140, man. Um, a little bit of an upset there. I like it. I like it. Um, but I went the other way. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I look at it like this isn't prime deer, Dylan Shaw. He's coming off a knee injury, which is going to hurt his ability to stop Sterling's wrestling. I think Sterling's going to realize that he can't stand and go toe-to-toe with him. I think he's going to look to get this to the mat. Looking at Dylan Shaw's career, He's never had to wrestle anyone for a full five rounds. I think at this point of their careers, Sterling is more versatile fighter. I think they're going to go on the ground. I think Sterling will be able to get his back, and I think he's going to be able to choke him out. I'm looking at submission. It's plus 500. That's really juicy. So I'm going to lock that in. I'm taking I'm taking swings, boys and girls. I'm swinging uh, fences in these fights. And you know me, I'm a sucker for those big odds, man. I may have to just kind of maybe hedge a little bit, maybe throw something down on uh, that Sterling uh, submission because he's a good, he is a very good uh, submission fighter. So uh, taking a stab with those kind of odds is really, you know, really good. So um, we'll definitely see. Shoot, man. Shoot. <laughs> um, do you have any more action for us, my man? Yeah, I'm going with the uh, the main event, obviously. Charles Oliveira and uh, Islam Malkjev. I'm going with um, that this fight will go over three full rounds at plus 165. Um, I just, I, I think this is almost like a toss-up fight. Um, I don't, I, I think this is, I think both fighters, are, I, know, I know both going to be going at it, um, you know, right up from the start. Um, but I, I just kind of see them kind of, uh, you know, playing it out towards the end, man. And um, I don't, I don't see it really ending quickly. These fighters are just too good for, you know, each other. And I, I just kind of see this one maybe going four or five rounds for something for someone kind of, uh, you know, you know, cracks there. And, uh, and obviously Charles Oliveira, he's, he, he has a record for the most submissions in all of UFC history. So he's obviously going to be going for those submissions. So that's going to take up some time off the clock. 
um, you know, in those, you know, in those rounds. So, um, you know, he's walking into, uh, you know, Islam's back at a backyard there in the, you know, in the Middle East. So a little bit of advantage there, there for him, but I honestly think this match, this matchup's a toss up and I'm just going to go, I'm just going to take the over man and hopefully, you know, hope for a good fight goes in the later rounds. I think this one goes decision. I saw Islam at plus 440 for <laughs> decision. I think the big underlying thing of this is we're discounting what a what striking game Islam has. I think his striking game is going to make it easier to get this to the mat. He's going to be able to out wrestle and just kind of outpoint his way to a to a victory here. I completely agree with your way of thinking, but I'm just going to play the um play the decision because Olove he's not he hasn't been su- submitted since 2016 so I don't think he's going to be able to catch him or anything I think this is going to be the just a classic wrestling match where um Islam's going to be able to get the victory my man oh nice yeah I, I, I agree there man the number of points there, I, I, I do like that um you know that over the three rounds man I was going to take it to go the distance but I decided to just take the three rounds take uh you know the ones you know the plus that 465 and Hopefully I can call it, call it a win. So, All right. Well, um, Jason, I'd like to thank you for coming on, talking a little UFC. Any weekend that there is a pay-per-view, he's, he's going to be coming on here. We're going to be breaking down the fights, telling you our bets. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, as usual, man, you can follow me on Twitter, at BoyTheLine. Um, and – Obviously, follow our picks, man. Eric, you're on fire, man, in the month of October. Uh, 10 and 2, overall 24 and 10, man. Hitting at 70% on you know my pod, on my podcast, your picks. Dude, you're on fire, man. Uh, you may want to uh, fade me, follow Eric, and you win in all weekend. <laughs> oh, man, dude. But- you're killing it, man. You're on fire, dude. You are on fire, my friend. You know, I appreciate it, man. You know, I'm just like I said, man, I'm just trying to. <laughs> you know, I just keep my head down, not get cocky, keep my correction, not overthink it, man. I know your style, man. I know you. I know your style. So, uh, man, you're on. You're on fire, man. Month of October. Actually, been on fire since football season started. So, congrats, thank my friend. Thank you for the kind words, my friend. Uh, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Eric. And now we're welcome to the podcast. Not the guy that went one and zero, not two and zero, not three and zero. But just a very modest 4-0, a business casual 4-0 last week in a CFL picks. Jim, how you doing today, my man? I am feeling fan-fucking-tastic. The playoffs are taking shape before our very eyes of the CFL. We're seeing it. Everything's lining up. Speaking of seeing it, dude, you're seeing the board right now, man. I am. I am seeing the board. You love saying that. Dude, that's like my saying. I love saying seeing the board. That's like my saying. <laughs> I love it. I love it, dude. My boy Brad, who taught me a lot, he's like, that's his thing. He's like, dude, seeing the board, man. Seeing the board right now. I'm in the zone. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling I'm feeling CFL right now, man. So um in terms of the playoffs, is everything pretty much set or do we have So basically the uh the West is set. So it is Winnipeg in first place. It'll probably be BC in second. All BC has to do is win one game against Edmonton. So if they if they win, they're in Edmonton this week. So if they win this week, they're second place. Calgary's probably third. That is more likely than not the the situation for the West. The East, basically, Montreal and Toronto are head to head these next two matchups. I think if Toronto wins this week, they're locked into first. 
Uh, I think Montreal would need to win both if I remember correctly, but they're basically playing for whoever's going to get first and second. They're both locked into home games no matter what. And then it's between, technically, it's between Ottawa, uh, it's between Hamilton, Ottawa, and Saskatchewan for that third spot in the East. Probably going to be Hamilton. Saskatchewan needs Hamilton and Ottawa to go uh, one and one, and Saskatchewan go two and zero. Uh, Ottawa needs to go two and zero and have Saskatchewan go zero and two, and Hamilton just needs to win out in their in. Hamilton is winning their in situation. So Hamilton is actually the first game we're we're bringing up on the board, the board also, that you're seeing so well, Jimbo. Also, as a side, remember mid season we took some nice juicy Hamilton to make the Grey Cup futures. Yeah. Those are looking pretty valuable right now. Dude, they're they're playing well. You want to get hot going in. They're opening they're up hot. against the Red Blacks. Red Blacks lost again yes last <sighs> week at home, which you called. Didn't cover the three and a half, lost by four, a bunch of losers. Uh, but it did go over. Red Blacks getting six, Hamilton laying six, over under 49 and a half. What say you, my friend? So Ottawa did lose at home, as I predicted. They just I just faded him at home. But that first half, Nick Arbuckle looked the best he had all season. Ottawa's like I don't believe the hype that they're playing for something. If I'm an Ottawa fan, I just want the only thing I want out of the season now is for them to win one home game. They only have one more chance. I six points is too many. That's my take here. Hamilton on the uh, Ottawa on the road. Hamilton's good at home, but six is a lot of points. Uh, the pressure's building for both these teams. I might sprinkle a little bit on that over, but I'm going to dabble with Ottawa uh, spread. I might I might sprig a little on that money line. Probably not. Every like, talk to me Friday. Went over last week. Like I'm probably not touching this total. That, just that makes me want to go unders. But I'm I, looking at it right now. Every single game yeah, it, went over. Highest offenses are feeling two. themselves. Like the issue, like Hamilton, like Dane Evans has been cooking. He's been looking really good these last couple weeks. And Ottawa, like Nick Arbuckle played his best game. Ottawa has dudes. Six is too many points. Is that, yeah, six is too many points. Okay, so Jim likes Ottawa plus the six. You know me, I fade teams when I need to win. They both need to win. I'll take uh But Ottawa's out though. There's no way No, they can... they're not. Oh my if god. They, if they go two and oh and Saskatchewan goes 0 oh and two, they're in. Jeez. Bad. But Hamilton's in a win in their end situation. Well, I love I love fading teams in that situation too. Okay. So uh I'll take Ottawa with you too. So we're both it's hard though. This this was one of the toughest games of maybe all year because Hamilton is doing the same thing they did last year, where they are absolutely heating up for the postseason. It's tough. I I'll like take, Ottawa. I'm with you. I'm with you on Ottawa. I'm, I'm gonna take Ottawa. I'm rolling. I think Hamilton wins dice. this game though. I'm rolling the dice. I'm at the casino right now. I'm at the Potawatomi Bingo Hall. I'm rolling the dice at the at the twenty five dollar min crab table right now. Give me the Ottawa Redbacks plus six and a half. I like it. Um, next. 
Alex getting seven at home against the BC Lions over under 49. What say you, my friend? Alex at home. That's a lot of points. I want to take the plus seven. I'll take That's the plus seven. I will take the plus points, seven. Dude. That's a lot of points. I'm going to take the seven with the Elks. That is a ton of points. Um, I'm going to take the over. I'm on the over in this game. I feel you. Kind of, I feel the oh, this. You have to take it. BC wins this. They get a home game. That's what they're playing for. They're playing for a home playoff game. But seven on the road is a ton, my friend. That's a ton. I'm taking Edmonton. I'm taking Edmonton plus the seven. I'm taking the over 49. And God damn it. Don't are, we, are, make... are, are we dogging it up today? I, I'm on spread wise for sure. Spread wise, 100%. I'm dogging it. You're going to, it's going to, oh God, this is their last game. This is the last game of the season. I, fuck it. Give me Edmonton money line. They get it done. Their losing streak oh, snaps. I love it. Their losing streak snaps this Friday. I love it. I love it. I'll take the Elks plus seven. I'll They're the seven. only team playing with no weight on their shoulders. Edmonton is Last officially eliminated. Year. Last game of the year. I like it. I Do it like for it. the fans. Do it for the people. Do it for the people. They um, haven't won a home game since like 2019. They're due. Next game. The Toronto Argonauts laying one and a half against the Montreal Arlo. Montreal Arlo. That's you know this is what? a fucking it, sick game. This this might be the game of the week. Give me Montreal here. Yeah, I'm on Montreal too. Basically, I'm just gonna take the dog in this matchup. Like when they play in Toronto the week after, I'm yeah. probably gonna be on Toronto. Give just me the home team. Now, Jim, I just want to let you know this, dude. I just I got a new little like Fitbit tracker right here. Okay, sorry. Okay. A new little Fitbit tracker, and it's asking me. It goes, "You seem excited right now." When I'm talking to you, I'm just letting you know I'm so excited. CFL. I got a little alert. A little alert on the Fitbit, dude. I'm on the over in this game too. Um, dude, juicy. I love it. Two really good, two good quarterbacks. Like. If that if that ends up going down to a pickem, I might take Toronto, but oh. I, I, the value in Montreal is too good. The value is good. Now we're going to Calgary, Saskatchewan. Yeah, fucking give me Calgary all day. I don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah, I am I out on this Rough Riders team. Those were your boys, dude. Those were your boys. I know they. I still love the. T- they suck. This is the worst offensive line in the league against a defensive front that Calgary's bringing in. Yes, I understand. The home field advantage of Saskatchewan is huge. I can't get behind it. They have to go 2-0. Calgary's locked in the playoffs. They're probably not going to get a home field advantage. They're technically playing for the home field. I don't see it. Saskatchewan has to go 2-0. points on the road i hate it too i hate it right. i i'm fading the saskatchewan team okay right, i'm so also dude. not i'm not touching the total if i did i would lean under now jim you hit a plus 540 parlay now I, i'll I, do, do you want to lead off are you superstition because i let off late last week where your parlay hit or do you want to lead off since you hit it what do you want to do Let's keep the gravy train rolling. You lead off. I'm going to go Ottawa plus six. Start that parlay. 
Alex right. plus 215. God, ah, oh, jeez. Montreal plus 100. See, that's I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna do a soft three teamer for a for plus 1077. I'm doing I think a that's soft what I did yesterday. Like, oh my I god, like did I, do we have the same the same exact one going? No, so let's see. I like the auto plus six. Give me the over in the BC Edmonton game. All right, so you're gonna go over. Are you gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm on Ottawa plus six. I'm gonna go on the over in the BC game. I'm not gonna take the the money line. Okay. I like Montreal money line. And God, I know. You know what? Give me a little safety with that Calgary money line. Okay, plus ten. So there we go. There we have it. Uh, Jim's hot. I mean, like I'll, I'm not gonna lie. Listen to Jim. He knows his. It's CFL. been a good couple weeks. You know what it's you're been doing. A very good couple weeks. You know what you're doing right now, Jim. Am I seeing the board? You're seeing the board. You're seeing oh, the board well. I'm feeling the board. <laughs> you're seeing the board Can well. Can you believe we only have two weeks left of the CFL regular season? Dude, it is. Absolutely- Next week is done. This is BC and Edmonton's last game. Last? No, sorry. This is Edmonton's last game. BC plays again. They play week 21. But this is this is Edmonton's last game of the season. Last game. Done. Done until next year. They have to win at home. The storyline is so good. They have to. I also, uh, just for the record, I might fuck around because a lot of these games are going to be really wonky. Uh, I might fuck around and just... You can round robin the CFL. There's four games. Yeah, you take all the money line dogs. I kind of feel like <clears throat> Mr. Miyagi, and you're my Daniel son because I turned you on to round robin. You did, but dude, like Red Blacks could win on the road against Hamilton. They looked fire, and like anything can happen. Edmonton, the storyline is there. The storyline is there, and damn it, they play hard. Alouettes at home, and Argos are a weird team. And then the Rough Riders at home are super weird. Like, that's a tight spread for a reason. It's I like fucking it, fucking weird. I like it, though. I think this is going to be one of those crazy weeks. I think the Elks are going to win. I think Ottawa is live, like you're saying. It's going to be a crazy. It's a crazy, dirty week in the CFL. And you know what, my friend? I'm here for it. I love it, dude. I fucking Love it. Mm. Then we can talk playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk some fucking playoffs because it's going to be very interesting. We've got two what rounds of playoffs, and then it's the Grey Cup, baby, November 20th in playoffs. Regina. Playoffs? Jim, thanks for coming on. Always appreciate you. You've been absolutely murdering it. I've really enjoyed getting to know you over these past couple of months working side by side with you why don't you tell the people where they can find you you can find me on twitter at xfl gym you can find me with this guy uh three times a week we got spring fever uh wednesday night we got the college football tailgate like preview show where we go through the entire slate on tuesdays and it, we just let it all lay before us and then saturday mornings the morning show where we like clean it up and see what we missed and everything like that and i need to see I do a CFL recap every single week. Go check it out on my channel. I just recapped week 19 right now. 
guys and girls, make sure you give Jim a follow. He's seeing the board well. I cannot wait to, to for another four and a week from Jimbo and a nice plus 1065 parlay in the board. We'll talk soon, my friend. Damn right we will. So we're at the point of the podcast where we're going to be talking a little NFL. And just like he's been here every single week, my boy David, better DP21 on Twitter and Instagram is here. How are you doing today, my man? Doing well, man. Happy Friday. Thanks for having me. Hey, but when do the Braves play again? Oh, <laughs> we got to start off like that. <laughs> Same time as the Tigers, my friend. Same time as the Tigers. Um, true. So, you know, it's been good. Uh, we are six and two after, after two weeks. Basically, what happens is we both give our two bets that we like the most going into the uh, NFL weekend. And, uh, you know, I'll let uh, Mr. 65% kick it off. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. So where I want to get started on the board, I'm going to get started with the one that I just had a little, you know, disagreement with a friend about my man, Al from work. I, uh, I needed to shout him out because he didn't believe me that I was trying to go down this path with this team. But uh, between KC and San Francisco, I'm taking San Francisco money line. Um, you know, they're sitting at plus 120. This line was at, you know, plus two and a half early in the week. It's actually dipped down to two. Um, I, I know we each probably thought it might have moved to three at some point, but I think after the Christian McCaffrey trade last night, um, I think that's, you know, a little bit of public line move there in favor of uh, 49ers for that reason, at least as I see it. However, my, what my numbers are showing is San Francisco playing at home. They have the number one rushing defense in the league. They have the number seven passing defense in the league and they are the number seven passing offense in the league, believe it or not. So not to say that Kansas city isn't better, right? Like they they're sitting on the number two passing offense themselves. Uh, so this game is going to be one, in my opinion, a little bit more through the air, how much San Francisco can bottle up, you know, the passing game of KC, um, you know, from that aspect of, of rushing, both of these rushing offenses are not great. Obviously, can't you know, San Fran tried to bolster with Christian McCaffrey. I don't know that he's even going to play this week, you know, just after the trade and getting up to speed on the playbook and everything else like that. So maybe a lot of hype for nothing in terms of that trade for the week ahead. But, you know, point being, um, you know, with the rest of the team that they have in place, I, you know, I really like San Francisco defense kind of, kind of shutting down Kansas city. Um, and that's kind of where I'm going. Uh, it's not a kind of anymore. I've, I've already placed the bet. So going on San Francisco's money line is my first play. I'm so pissed off that the 49ers did this. Cause I so thought I was going to get a three or three and a half and I got nothing. I so want to take this game. I had this game circled, but it's down at two. It's a dead number. So I would play the money line too. I don't think, I think like in college, the two and a half has a little bit more value because now with the overtime rules, right. But we're not there in the NFL and like anything lower than a three, I think you just are better off playing the money line. Um, So my first play is I'm going to Vegas, but I'm not taking Las Vegas, taking the Houston Texans. I look at it like this. Here are my interesting trends of the day. Carr, 36% ATS as a home favorite. Josh McDaniel, 
off a of buy, 37% ATS. As a favorite in general, 42% ATS. As a home favorite, 38% ATS. With how bad the Raiders' defense has been, what have they done to warrant laying seven? I don't yeah. think they've done anything. Um, I really think that they have a huge coaching advantage, as crazy as it sounds, with Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith is going to be able to um, prep. You look at Lovey Smith, historically covers after a bye. I like the Texans' defense better. I think their passing defense is going to be able to limit the um, – the Raiders, obviously, Carr's numbers are anywhere near where he was. I, he's having a hard time dissecting and running the McDaniel system. Uh, he's not audibling. Adams has turned basically into a deep, deep threat. And I haven't – Waller's had two good games and everything. He's been awful from that. Pierce is a dynamic playmaker. You're, you're able to run on this team on the Raiders. Plus, they have Brandon Cooks working – Underneath per DVOA, they're not the Raiders aren't that good against number one wide receivers. I'm getting seven here. I like this spot, and you just look at the body of work. I've been more impressed with the um, with the Texans. I think the Raiders are getting a little bit more street cred for that one point loss to the Chiefs than they should. I'll take the Texans here plus a seven. You know, I don't I don't hate it, um, and I de- you definitely were spot on in terms of. Uh, the te- the Texans passing defense. I mean, they're sitting better than middle of the pack right now. Uh, they they actually are dead middle of the pack, number sixteen. So you know they they have a pretty good. You know, if if that's going to be where they win the game, that's going to be where they win the game. Um, you know, outside of that, I don't disagree with everything else you're saying from a coaching body of work. You know, with Carr and everything else offensively, I think the reason this line's a little inflated for Vegas is the fact that you know they when you look at the games they've lost, they've lost by within three points or it's not even been more than really a touchdown, I think as a, as a full average. Um, so I think that's kind of where that's coming in a little bit, but yeah, they, they leave a lot to be desired there. And, you know, I'm personally staying away from that game, but you know, the, the advantage I think that you're talking about with that line, I think that line goes a little higher. I think by the weekend, you know, you're going to see a little more pumped on to Vegas and it's going to give a lot of value to Houston. And also, this is going to sound crazy and you're not going to believe me. I am benching Najee Harris in one of my fantasy leagues. Wow. I mean, well, I mean, I picked, I got Kenneth Walker late. I have Josh Jacobs. I have Lazard. You know what I mean? And Yeah, you don't need to. Dolphins are good against the run. So yep. I'm benching. Najee Harris. Uh, David, what is your second bet? All right. So second play, I'm going to go for a first half play again. I'm going to go with a total play here. I'm going with Cleveland and Baltimore over 22 and a half points in the first half. Um, Reason being is that, you know, when I'm looking at these, again, body of work, where the offenses are, stuff like this, like, you know, each of them sit with the top five rushing offense, Ravens number three, Cleveland's number four. Both of them have terrible rushing defenses, 30 and 24 respectively. And then again, passing offenses. I, I just think offense is going to show up in this game. That's how I'm reading this game across the board right now when I'm looking at the rankings from both offense and defensive structures. And, you know, I I think that line is low. I think 22 and a half is 
you know, you, you're telling me that only three touchdowns are going to be scored between, you know, Lamar and Nick Chubb and these kinds of players out there on the field. I think there's going to be a lot more happening. Um, you know, I know it's a division game, but I can see this one kind of kind of opening up itself a little bit more than people think it think it will. Yeah, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think teams are going to be going down. I completely and utterly agree with you. Are you ready for? I do have to tell you that. I, like, so I have a trivia question for you. Okay. okay. Skifansky has coached thirteen games against the Ravens, Bengals, and Steelers. What is his? How many wins ATS does he have? Against the spread? Against the spread against those three teams. 13 games. This is going to blow your mind. He's he's either 13 and 0 or he's 0 and 13. 2 and 11. (laughs) Holy shit. 2 and 11 against the spread. Let that sit in. One over the Bengals, one over the Steelers. He has yet to cover. Versus the Baltimore Ravens, which is I find absolutely mind-boggling. Wow. Um, my last bet is I did Brian Robinson over 52 and a half rushing yards. You can actually get this at plus money. Packers are 32 DVOA defending the rush. You look at lead running backs against the Packers this year. Bryce Hall, buck 16 last week. Saquon Barkley, 70 in that London game. Damian Harris, 86. Leonard Fournette, 35. David Montgomery, a buck 12. Delvin Cook, 90. Lead backs are averaging 73 yards rushing per game against them. You take out the Fournette game, which was funky just because they were stacking the box because there was no Mike Williams, no Godwin, no Julio Jones. The Bucks had no weapons. Lead backs are going for a buck 01.8 yards. Robinson took over the commander's backfield with a 61% carry share last week. Wentz is out, so I expect the commanders to even have more of a running game. Also, they can do some RPO stuff with Tyler Henneke back there. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a heavy run dose. I love Robinson here, over 52 and a half yards rushing, plus money. Lock it in. I love it at home. I love everything you just said. And Green Bay Packers are sitting with the number 32 overall rushing defense. I like it, too. I, I actually I, I think the commanders can cover that game, too. I locked him in at five and a half. Yeah, well, then you are on the right side of that because that line is now even with mine at four and a half. And so you've given yourself a whole point advantage already. Yeah, just grinding through it. Um, so let's let's get hot, stay hot. David, thanks for coming on. You'll be back here next week. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my man? Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, anybody looking to talk shop anytime, find me on Twitter, Instagram, my handle, betterdp21, O-R and better. And looking forward to it. Let's cash this weekend, everybody. Let's make some money, boys and girls. Until next week, my friend. Thanks. Well, he did it, folks. That's four in a row. And he's back to try to win number five. Brandon, how you doing, man? You're seeing the board pretty well, man. How you, um, how you doing, dude? I'm loving it. Uh, four in a row. I'd tell you that I'm kind of happy, but pretty pretty pumped about four in a row. And if we can make it five, I might uh, – I don't know what I'll do. But if we make it five, that'd be huge. But – Definitely seeing the board for sure. You see in the board. It's always good when you see the board. You feel you feel good about yourself. You know, coffee tastes a little better in the morning. Bud Light tastes a little better at night. Um, interesting race here. We're going to Homestead. Uh, obviously, 
This is a Tyler Reddick type track. He historically, you know, average finish at three, um, you know, his worst finish here is four um, in the last couple of races. Who uh, who are you kind of looking at here? Um, obviously, he's the chalk. I'm I'm staying away from him. I have two bets I like. You have a couple you like. Why why don't I let you start off first? What's what's the first bet you're looking to lock? He's in? definitely the chalk. Um, the only way I would grab him if he qualifies bad and the odds go up to ten or twelve to one. Right now they're at seven to one, so I'm not feeling that. Um, just barely above him. I hate to grab somebody that's this much of a favorite, but I do like Denny Hamlin at eight to one. Um, he's good at a high line. He's good at tracks like Darlington. That is also the high line. Um, he's always done well at this track. So my first pick who is high on the board is Denny Hamlin at eight to one. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't hate it. You know, he's battling, you know, he does have a win here. Uh, worst finish is 11. My next one is I'm going to a, you know, I'm going top 10 here. I'm just looking at Austin Dillon. He's three to one for a top 10 finish. Average finish ninth. Uh, his worst finish here since 2019 is 12. Uh, you know, two top 10s in the last three races. I think at three to one, I think this is a great value. I think he's kind of getting overlooked because he's been eliminated from the playoffs historically. Ryan Wellher. I'll take Dillon uh, plus 300 top 10 finish. I like that. I do. Um Again, I'm backtracking this week. I'm seeing the board though, so I'm just gonna go with my gut. At nine to one, you have Ross Chastain. He's a Florida boy, kind of back home, been running well, needs to run well still to get into the playoffs or the next round, or I should say the championship round. Um, but I do like how aggressive he is. I like how he can put the car wherever he wants, low line, high line, mid, wherever. This is the type of track you're gonna need to be able to adjust to. So my second pick is absolutely Ross Chastain, the Melon Man, at nine to one. The Melon Man. Um, my next pick is this. You know, a di- huge disappointing season. You know, but he's got the second best average finish here, a five point seven, right behind Tyler Reddick. You know, he's finished second. Worst finish is twelve. I think he's due for a win. I'm seeing him about twelve to one. You know, what a better way to end your end your racing season with a win, get some momentum going into next year. I like Truex at 12 to one. Yes, he is a great pick and he has done, done well with this track, especially when this track was the finale race. The man does have a championship has competed in multiple final rounds at this track for a championship. So uh, that's a solid pick. Um, I'm going down to a driver whose average finish is ninth has run well, Due to really finish well, if he wants to almost seal himself up and not worry about Martinsville, but I am going with my good old boy, the number nine, Dawsonville, Georgia, Chase Elliott at twelve to one. So, okay. I usually don't like picking my boy because it's a homer pick, but average finish of ninth and has done well at this track <laughs> and knows being up seventeen points above the cutoff line right now. You win this race, you're sealed up for the champion going into the championship, and you don't even have to worry about Martinsville. Yeah, I mean, this is huge for him. If you can get the win here, win in win in advance, I think that's really big for him. Um, so you have three picks, I have two picks. Do you have anything other other picks you want to share, or is is that it? I have one long shot. Um, I have Noah Gregson, 33 to 1. Uh, he's back in the 48 car again. He dominated this race last year in the Xfinity series. A lap car got in his way. It was like two laps to go. It was over. 
lap car got in his way. He's won five out of like the last seven in Xfinity. Okay. He's been running well in the 48. Now he's ran a lot of cup races in a different car, but now that he's sitting in good equipment, he's been running well. Again, this track is going to be, can you run that high line? Noah rides the rail every race, all race, every track that you can, and is successful at it, at least in the Xfinity series. So seeing him in the 48 car at 33 to one, my long shot for this weekend is going to be Noah Gregson, 33 to one. I mean, he, he's even money for a top 10. I mean, the fact he's, Oh, I did. Yes. Add add that to my list. Thank you. Even money. Top 10. Yeah. 48 car at a Highline track. Yes. Top 10. Noah Gregson. That has to be a lock. Yeah. That, that looks pretty good. Yes. Um, what about how do you feel? I one question for you. How do you feel about Harvick? Or is he just kind of there? He's just kind of done. I don't like him at 16 to 1. I don't know why he's he's even that low at this type of track. I, I really don't. He's complained about the cars and it just it hasn't been well for him. Uh he had got those back-to-back wins, which are great to get him into the playoff. But um, I think he's ready just to hang it up this season, be done with it, and have a long off season and get back at it next year. Ooh. Pizza? I have no clue. <laughs> well, my man, um, Brandon, we're going for five in a row. Let's get hot, stay hot. Let's do it. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Boston Boy 83, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, all of it. Boston Boy 83, give me a follow. Let's cash some bets. And dude, five in a row. I'm feeling it. Let's go. Let's go, boys. Uh, best of luck to you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Peace. That's it for the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you give all my guests a follow. Great guys at XFL Gym, at BetterDP21, at BostonBoy83, and at BullyTheLine. Great dudes, know their stuff. Reminder that ETOF21 Sports Show is back live this Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. I will be live on BTV Sunday morning, breaking down the NFL slate and Friday night, breaking down college football and XNFL Jim and myself will be live breaking down the football slate Saturday morning. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.